are listening to Filling the Storehouse Podcast. I'm David. And I'm Stuart. And we want to walk with you on the journey to living the abundant life through faith, family, and freedom. Our goal is to refine our why while helping you find yours. Together, achieve our best and highest purpose. In the end, we'll drive each other to intentionally fill our storehouse. Hey, everybody. This is Stu. And before we get into this episode, I wanted to make sure that everyone knows about the Veterans RE Live Real Estate Conference happening on 29 and 30 May. If you haven't gotten your tickets yet, do so immediately because this thing is going to be awesome. Uh, not only are David and I going to be talking about our business, Storehouse Retail Ventures, but there's going to be over 20 speakers, all military and veterans, talking about all the different assets and niches within real estate. These speakers are crushing it in their own way and um, it's going to be a really really great event 29th and 30th of may go to veteranslive.com and get your tickets veteranslive.com okay hope to see you there and enjoy this episode all right what is going on everybody this is Stu and david with filling the storehouse podcast and I'm going to stop counting because, um, you know, it's just, you know, it's getting too hard for me. Yeah. We just uh, wanted you to stop embarrassing yourself, buddy. And we're good. We're good. Yeah. Uh, so no more counting. This is going to be just one of the episodes with a number on the end of it. Uh, we have a pretty amazing guest today, Wes Lyons. Um, he is a fellow um, Navy veteran, fellow Naval Academy graduate. And uh, we connected uh, quite a while ago, wasn't it, Wes? It was. Um, yeah, a couple oh, of years, I think. Yeah, man. So, you know, Dave and I have been pretty open with, uh, you know, our, our faith and kind of um, the the background behind our business. And, and uh, Wes, uh, you know, reached out to us or reached out to me and we connected and talked about real estate. We talked about, you know, being a Christian, an entrepreneur. Uh, you know, we just had lots in common. He now lives in Dallas, which is where I'm from. His wife is from there. So I'm um, just a super solid dude. And uh, we wanted to have him on and, and talk about, you uh, everything he's doing. Um, so David, if you mind, uh, could you give a little background of, of Wes? Yeah, I don't mind at all. So Wes is co-founder and general partner at Eagle Venture Fund, a business consultant for impact companies and founder of faithbasedinvesting.co. Wes has previously co-founded a multi-strategy private equity fund, served as a wealth manager for high net worth clients and completed three combat tours fighting ISIS and Al-Qaeda. Wes is a certified financial planner and certified kingdom advisor. He has a passion for helping investors and entrepreneurs heal and restore what has been broken. Welcome, Wes. Excited to have you, buddy. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So it's, uh, you said it's, it's not quite hot there in, in Dallas because I know it's coming soon, right? No, I'm, I'm treasuring these 70 days. I know they're, they're numbered. They are numbered. I tell you, it's going to get hot real fast and real humid. But uh, it's all yeah. good. Um, well, cool, man. Um, so faith-based investing, um, what does that mean? You know, wh what is faith-based investing? Um, if you could kind of just talk about your business and what it is and, um, and what that really means. It's a great question. I think a lot of people have stumbled on what is faith-based investing. And uh, I really stumbled on it when I first got, first became a certified financial planner, kind of went hey, saying, all right, my, my faith matters to me. I come from a missionary family. How do I, how do I integrate my life with what I'm doing? And what I found were um, companies that they would take, for instance, the S&P 500 and say, let's get the sin out, basically. Let's get the alcohol and tobacco out. And, um, and it just, it wasn't inspiring the way it was done and their, their performance was poor and I ended up kind of giving up on it. But for many people who have taken a look, that's all they'd see is for faith-based investing. Um, then I got a chance through doing, being general partner in a couple of private equity funds to meet amazing Christians building amazing businesses that were just loving people. And they caught a picture of, um, wow, essentially these moments where I go, wow, that is what business was supposed to be. Um, they're just touching the people they love. They're making money. They're growing. And they clearly have work-life balance. Like all the fruit and all the aspects of their lives and their businesses looks amazing. Um, 
and I've come back um, now to public markets saying, all right, well, I think I've seen what business was supposed to be. How do we, um, how do we find that and build that in the public markets for, for the everyman investor? Because most people aren't accredited investors, aren't going to be doing angel investments or reg D deals and things like that. And, um, and that's where, what we call now dual mandate investing and uh, at faith-based investing.co. The reason I founded it was finding there, there are some advisors who are really good at taking these beautiful pictures of what business are supposed to be and, uh, and building portfolios um, along that thesis. Um, so we, we built that, that business around making it easy to find those advisors that are really good at what we call dual mandate investing. Uh, the one being financial and the other being um, the, the impact that they have on the world and all of the other fruit besides dollars of a business. So what's the, uh, like, what would be the definition of dual mandate investing? It's, um, I, I was just talking about this with one of the CEOs of a faith-based uh, um, fund company today. A lot, there've been a lot of arguments about like what is and what isn't. So we're, we're basically putting um, financial return on one axis and the impact a company has on another and saying, um, going to the top right of the quad slide is the mandate, positive impact and, um, and financial return. How you do that, if you're good at it, and we'll vet you to see if we think you're good at it, is, is kind of free reign from there. I mean, kind of like we have freedom in the way we walk out with Christ. How do you love people? I mean, there's so many ways to love people, right? <laughs> so yeah. there's going to be so many ways to invest along those mandates. Um, and then we try to, do, we educate our advisors on all the ways to do it and things like that. But it's, uh, it's taking two, those two mandates hand in hand. For one advisor, it might look like, um, uh, dimensional fund advisors, massive fund company. They have some really good screens and it's basically passive investing with some screening and they say, this is the way I do it best. And if they really get how they're doing it, I'll say that's faith-based investing, really good screening. That's how they live it out. And others are going to say, well, I'm getting my, I'm getting into early stage impact companies in, um, in Ghana that are transforming lives and digging wells. And like, there's just so many iterations of what it might look like, uh, to, it's about holding those two in tension and trying to go to the top right of that quad slide. Um, kind of skirting the question, but that's how I answer it. No, that makes, <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I, I just, my brain is going here and just thinking about, wow, there's just so many different ways that you can go and so many different companies and opportunities. And, you know, so I, I kind of want to dig into this a little bit further down the road as far as, you know, kind of what companies you guys are looking at and how you even analyze a company and dig into yeah. like, you know, what that means. Cause, um, you know, the, the previous show that we did, uh, we did with uh, warrior's heart and, um, they have, um, you know, the, the, the for-profit side of it, but then they also have a foundation that attaches to it and it's a healing center, you know, like suicidal prevention, uh, PTSD. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and you know, one of the things they really talk about is, is making, you know, human business decisions versus making, you know, bottom line decisions. So I kind of want to dig into that a little bit more, but um, kind of backstep a little bit, like what's, what's your why? What, what's like, what's driving you, um, you know, to do this faith-based investing? You know, what's, what's kind of the, the purpose and the why behind it all? Um, at the very, uh, it was, it was kind of, it was really difficult for me to figure it out. And I feel like it shouldn't be that difficult uh, for other people, if that makes sense. I, mean, I spent years of feeling, of giving up, feeling frustrated. Um, and, um, and it's just an expression of, uh, the Lord's put it on my heart for a really long time. To, I just love investing. And, um, and I feel uh, it's just grown in passion as I pursue the Lord. Um, it just comes out. My calling is to walk with investors and entrepreneurs, like you said, who are um, who are bringing healing and restoration to uh, to things that are broken in the world. There's so many things that are broken in the world, and in many cases, for-profit businesses are much much more effective at um, at seeing that transformation. So the heart, Jesus' heart 
beats for the poor and the widow and the orphan. And um, I kind of feel like there's a lot of players in the nonprofit space trying to touch the poor and widow of the orphan. There's not that many people helping the entrepreneurs or, or trying to create ecosystems around what if we built businesses that um, that were repeatedly scalably changing the lives of the poor and the widow and the orphans. Um, I feel like that's more of a blue ocean where nonprofit side, uh, and it's just my calling and passion is um, how do you touch the poor and the widow and the orphan through business, so. That's great, man. And I mean, just being good stewards, right, of, of, of what God provides, right? Yeah. Uh, that's cool, man. Yeah. That's good stuff. That's awesome. And, and I think it's super appealing to what, you know, Stu and I do and, and just the, uh, you know, the, the mandate behind our business and, and Storehouse 310 being biblically based. And, but, you know, you and I had a conversation when we were prepping for this that I found uh, very intriguing. And, and, and it was, you know, you, you were kind of highlighting to me, um, for those that don't necessarily share our faith, um, you know, the, the, the partnerships and because, you know, I, what I don't want to be lost is, is, faith first and Christ first and just like we run our business, but, but it's also to be effective and to be businessmen mm -hmm. and women. Right. And can you talk about that a yeah. little bit? I, I found that to be very intriguing. Um, what is the question? Can you help me? What is the question you're asking? Yeah, sure. I, I totally um, agree with the statement. <laughs> right. Uh, it's just like, how, so when you're going through embedding it, it's, it, is it just for Christians that just Christian businesses? Like, you know, what, Oh yeah. What is the bigger no, no, picture? no. Uh, so like for Eagle Venture Fund is a great example. Uh, we market ourselves as a values, uh, values based company that's looking for this double bottom line of significant impact and significant returns. And, um, and we, we take investment from all kinds of different people. And we kind of structure it up to where we say, hey, we're a values driven company. This is why values driven companies win. They win uh, in the talent battles. They win. They, uh, they do transform um, through the things that they do, um, but there's competitive advantages in truly values-driven companies. And we're trying to kind of coach out the question, so what are your values? Oh, so now that you asked, I'm happy to share, but not trying to lead with, is there such thing as a Christian company? There's plenty of argument there, um, but hey, values drive these companies and, and here's the competitive advantages to values-driven companies. So um, it's uh, amazing companies that are doing transformational things. Um, it's table stakes. I mean, profit is, uh, is like breathing for a company. Uh, it's not the reason the company exists, but you don't get along without it. <laughs> you don't survive long without it. And you don't scale without it either. That's actually the fundamental difference between a nonprofit and a for-profit. Um, nonprofits only scale as much as the gifts come in. Uh, a for-profit, if you have a transformative business model that makes profit as it grows, and can, uh, it's the, the sky's the limit of what, what they can do. Um, that really requires profit and amazing companies, you know, <laughs> those are really hard to build. Yeah, no. And I think that's, what's awesome about it is, you know, as, as we look at it, we, we, Stu and I want to have a very effective business with the recognition exactly as you highlighted, you know, we could have the best intentions in the world. And, and we absolutely feel that, you know, even like with this podcast, for example, it's, you know, it's our faith, family and financial freedom, you know, in that order. And, and, and there's such a, a powerful, a mandate when you have your priorities aligned appropriately and, and, and correctly, you know, from, from our, from our standpoint, but there's also that huge piece that you, that you hit on, you have to have an effective business. You have to run your business on more than goodwill. You have to have effective business plans. You have to understand how to make profit. You have to really, none of this stuff is driven forward uh, without, without being able to um, effectively, have a, have a business and make money and then turn that money into potentially more money. And, and from our, you know, for a storehouse and to give that money. And when you're, if we're making more money, we're giving a lot more money and those kind of go hand in hand. I think it's a, a huge point that you, that you hit on. I really appreciate that. And, and the other side of that is, you know, every one of our investors isn't necessarily a Christian. Um, but what we found is the vast majority of our, our investors, they want to do something of a higher purpose, of a better good, you know, and, and, and I think those are, you know, those are, those are key points that you hit on. It's, and it's, it's pretty awesome. There, there's something for everybody in this. And I think you also hit on the fact that um, everybody can grow business wise, but also personally through the process. Yeah. I would say what you all are doing really fits as a, 
uh, in um, what I would call faith-based investing because you're doing something redemptive and you're, you're looking hard about how to, how to do it in a redemptive way. And I think a lot of people want to get close to a deal and, and, um, and I've talked to people who have said like, oh, I really looked at all the options and just couldn't get excited kind of from a faith perspective about, about the S&P 500. So I got into real estate because I knew that that inherently putting roofs over heads are, is redemptive. Um, there, it's, it's one of the things in Matthew 6 that actually, does he talk about? Maybe it's not in Matthew 6. He does say you'll have food and clothing. He doesn't say roof over your head, but it's a, it's a core need. He should have. He should have <laughs> it's implied. That. It's implied. Yeah. I've actually, just... I've wondered about that. <laughs> Why is there housing in there? I, I think it's a basic need, um, but so uh, it is regardless, it's inherently redemptive. And if you, if, the, if you're doing it in a redemptive way, it's just a cool way for people to get close to the deal and see the redemption in their investment. Um, so I think it's a great example. So. Oh, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Do you have, uh, um, so speaking of real estate, um, does, how, how does real estate, you know, kind of contribute, uh, you know, to, uh, the faith-based investing world? I mean, is, is there, is there room for that? You know, do you guys kind of work in that field at all? Yeah, we're actually, um, we're incubating a fund right now. There's a large nonprofit that they put, um, they put couples into apartment communities and um, they just love on the people there. And uh, they've seen immense, immense fruit from a non, that's a nonprofit actually um, where, and the amazing combinations that we're talking about significant impact and significant returns going hand in hand is they put it in there um, to go make a difference on those people's lives, to share the, share the gospel, to serve those people and to truly serve the, the tenants. And then they've seen this consistent lift in the, they have a better online reputation, more people are renewing, like all the things that, uh, that somebody who's managing 200 units wants to see. They can, they've done a, ma a major study on hundreds of properties and go figure if you love on people really really purposefully um more people want to live there you know <laughs> it really works that's crazy. Um, so we're actually incubating a, uh, a real estate fund uh with this nonprofit um to really um uh to see that um that lived out and to see it come to fruition and it's it's kind of cool because many people are kind of like ready to dip their toes in the water i've heard about faith-based investing but um it's like kind of uh, sashimi nigiri one of the one of my friends likes to say like you don't but they really need to start with like california role like oh yeah i know multifamily real estate oh you're just putting a, like a, somebody in there to love people all right i can understand you know <laughs> like, hey, you know and and what I think is um, just another awesome point that you make is this isn't just touchy filly stuff either, right? This is a sure. no kidding data driven, like, yeah, you know, it's hard to measure and quantify. Okay. I love on somebody this much. I love on them 10 and you know, the return is whatever, but like that, that's not possible, but, but it's not just a feel good thing. You, you guys actually have data points that show and metrics that show that increase and in whatever it is, lease renewal income. Um, you know, that, that, is, that, that's fascinating. Yeah. It's, I was just working on the graphs yesterday and it was just like city by city, just showing how much they were beating the market and um, it was just how satisfied are the customers. Um, and it's a totally different look to say, well, that's your impact showing up in satisfied customers, you know? <laughs> And then just story after story of, uh, I mean, their stories are amazing of just how they've gotten to love on people. So, so one, one of the things that uh, we, we have in our notes that uh, you wanted us to kind of talk about is just, just that, you know, the, the faith-based uh, private companies performance uh, versus just regular companies. And I mean, how do you, how do you, you know, track that? What's, how does, what does the data show um, when you're kind of looking at that kind of stuff? I think in this sector, when we're talking about faith-driven companies, the most relevant study that's been done is C12. They, I think they've got 
something in the order of two or 3,000 uh, CEOs. Uh, they do roundtables, 12 by 12, all, all around the country. They ran a 10-year study to compare against similar size and sector companies because you don't want to just benchmark against anything weird. Benchmark against your size and your sector. Um, and on average, uh, um, I would have to look at the graphs, but it, it was they outperformed I want to say they grew revenue two and a half times faster. This is on hun hundreds of companies across 10 years and profit grew 3.4 times faster. Um, it wasn't a slight outperformance. It was a crushing defeat of the enemy. Like, it, I mean, it's over a decade and over hundreds and hundreds of companies. Um, and there's a bunch of reasons for that. And I think at its core, um, one of the ones that's most obvious to see is um, you retain awesome talent when you love your people. And if you're doing, and in the impact space, if you move towards like, okay, we're trying to transform community. Um, every kid gra graduating from Harvard this year, um, some, it's probably an overstatement, a high percentage of Harvard graduates are hunting for um, social impact startups. Um, when you have true social impact, I mean, the interns that they pull in are either London School of Economics, uh, MIT, Harvard. It's like basically you get the pick of the of the litter if you can change the world and make money. Um, the talent you just win the talent battle uh, in spades, and then you retain um, you win the re retention battle in spades. That's an, just one easy way to show why are these companies winning. Um, if you get the best people and hold on to them, you're probably gonna win. So. Yeah, and I want to anchor on that for for a second, you know, and, and for our listeners out there that are thinking about starting businesses and and when you look at it, it it's not just about the external uh, mission, potentially. It's not just about uh, how you look at the world from, you know, like when, when Stu and I with Storehouse 310, we look at the world and we say, okay, we make money, we give money to this organization, it helps, you know, feed, care for, do whatever for for these folks, but 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 what a, what a great focus. And that's something that, you know, Stu and I recently were able to do with our first hire, but is, you know, you hit on as far as the focus on what you want the internal uh, workings of your business to look like, who you want to be there, what kind of culture you want to set. And I think that's something that Stu, you know, we haven't necessarily hit on as much, but you, but what a, what a great point in spending time, the time you spend to cultivate that culture within your business it does, it has some, it, I mean, you can't even measure how that pays back. So, and how, and how, like, um, how do you, and how do you test that? I mean, how do you like from a, you know, a, a financial planner, you know, how, how are you going in and finding these companies and, and doing an analysis on this company and, and making the decision to tell people that they need to invest in a company like that. I mean, I feel like, I mean, yeah, you know, I, I feel like it'd be kind of hard. Uh, there's kind of two hats. What comes to mind first is um, in the public market space, one of the companies that does this really well, well is Eventide Asset Management. They have a whole process they call Business 360, and they're looking at all things like, um, what does Glassdoor say at the company? Is it a great uh, or uh, is it a great place to work? Uh, what are the com What's the um, what's that term for your um, for your customer satisfaction rating. They, just basically how happy are your customers? How much do they love you? How much do people love to work there? They, they have a whole proprietary strategy on exactly these types of questions, like stakeholder mentality. How do you love your community? How do you love your people? How do you love your customers? Um, and they've been outperforming uh, significantly. They, um, their, their healthcare fund especially has been averaging um, some stag some significant outperformance um, and obviously I think supposed to always caveat that with just because they have performed well in the past doesn't mean they will in the future um, but they're just a great example of they go hunting with this thesis that great companies make the world rejoice uh, or uh, investing that makes the world rejoice and they've really taken a hard look at how to find companies that do that uh, and to, to date it's been really paying off and you guys, uh, it, it seems like you hold each other accountable as well. Like you said that you uh, previously in a previous conversation, you mentioned that you have free educational webinars where you have the advisors come in and explore and challenge one another with different ways to uh, embed ways to invest in line with your values. Like what, what does that look like? It sounds to me like you have a, 
uh, almost like a mastermind where you challenge each other to, to be better and outdo each other. Yeah. The, um, I wish that I had that type of setting when I was trying to build um, faith-based portfolios for an RA there in, uh, in the mid Atlantic and how um, the fastest way to test your ideas is to get out in front of people say, here's, it's like a board in the military, right? Here's how I would attack the problem and have a ton of people tell you uh, you're, whether you're wrong or not. Um, so that's what I, um, I've been trying to create in those webinars and just, um, there's some kind of cutting edge ideas like this month that'll be on uh, social impact bonds. Um, trying to get an expert on social impact bonds where people, where a for-profit vehicle has been created that pays out, um, usually from a government based on social um, change. Like if these group, of, these gr group of refugees were able to get jobs or something like that, um, helping folks. Um, figure out where might that fit in somebody's financial plan? Would it be in a donor advised fund that's already been given away? Are they financially robust enough to actually put into a portfolio? Um, that's diving into topics to try to help people understand, hey, here's a cutting edge way to try to drive impact. Could it fit in your world? How are other people using it? That sort of thing, so. That's pretty cool, man. Um, so what's, what's the, uh what's the goal behind this all? You know, what's, what's your goal with faith-based investing and, um, and Eagle Venture Fund? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> the, uh, um, I mean, the Lord has really pushed me that the, um, about really setting him uh, as the center of it. I think when I look at the outcomes to probably more specifically answer the question, um, I really want to see the faith-based investing space grow and the language really be unified and per, um, the, it, sometimes it can get a little divisive about like which thing is sin and when, which thing is not um, to unify around, hey, let's go love people. Let's go figure out how to do it, uh, to see it really grow and, um, and to see those impacts multiply. Um, it's loving God and loving people through this one little facet of our life called investing, you know? <laughs> Yeah, we have a lot of, uh, you know, very entrepreneurial partners and investors and, and uh, you know, military folks just like us, right, that, that listen to the show or invest with us personally. And I'm just kind of curious, like, how does, how does everything that you described intersect with what they do to help them to achieve their highest and best? Like, what are the practical ways in which there's uh, um, some, some natural uh, synergy between folks like us and, and what you're doing? Yeah, that's a, it's a good question. I think uh, very specifically, faithbasedinvesting.co is built to solve a specific problem. If those, these types of ideas of dual mandate investing and making a difference um, resonate, there's, um, I've gone through and vetted the best advisors in America to do that, that, uh, that have the right certifications and that really get this. Um, so that site is built to make it really easy to find them. Um, and then, um, I think um, just getting around, uh, hanging out on podcasts like this, getting around people that are doing it and, uh, and pushing one another um, makes a lot of sense as well. Um, those are the things that come to mind. This is, um, this is a little off of script, but uh, it, it kind of just brought, brought to mind, you know, for me, you know, so David and I are trying to grow this business storehouse 310 and from, um, from what you've seen in your experience of, of really looking at companies, you know, within this kind of faith-based investing world, like what type of advice would you give to a company like us, um, you know, to, to really grow our business, um, you know, kind of in the light that, that you're looking at? It's a good question. Um, I think, I mean, slightly trite, but to start with why is really powerful that Simon Sinek um, talks about to really, uh, if, you're, if your heart moves on this idea of like, all right, how do we really iterate on trying to make a positive impact through the processes um, to start to articulate when we're looking at an early stage company um, on how we test them on how they treat their employees and how they treat society and how they treat um, the community and their suppliers and the very 
the worst score. It's a Likert one to five. The worst score is yeah, everybody, if, if they're not interested, they're probably not talking to us, right? Like, oh yeah, I want to make a difference. But it marches up as you start to write down, okay, I really want to um, uh, love on my employees. Let me write down a plan for it. Um, and then it marches up further if you can measure, measure success. Um, like, all right, we're actually, we have a plan and we know what success looks like. We can be held, yay or nay, we're actually hitting it. Um, and then you can iterate from there. So if, if we were evaluating a company, um, just taking a look at the people that your, um, your company really touches and starting out with, or, all right, how do we touch, touch their lives? Um, and for employees, that usually looks like um, having good compensation and great training and, um, and chances to have ownership and, um, and uh, whatever, uh, asking them what, what are on their hearts, you know, well, what are their dreams? Um, and for the community, it would be different and things like that. Um, that's what comes to mind. I don't know if it's helpful. That's very, actually, that's very helpful. We're, you know, we're uh, extremely about action items. And, and that's one thing that, you know, Stu and I, so you probably would turn us down if, if we were coming to you right now, but um, you know, we, we've not spent a ton of, so we prioritize uh, our invest our employees, our investors and our teammates. And, and, and it's really a huge priority for us uh, when it comes to everything from paying them and, and how our, how our resources are allocated, but, but to write it out, I think is, is a huge action item that, you know, Stu and I will definitely take for action. Um, you know, that, that's, that's great. And asking them, Hey, how can we, from your perspective, how can we make you help you to achieve your highest and best? And I think just asking those questions, writing them out, developing a plan. Uh, those are, those are awesome action items. So I really appreciate you, you sharing that with us because uh, I'm definitely taking that from, from, uh, from, from that gem for sure. Yes, yeah, that's, that's I mean, so like we, you know, we've talked a lot about in the past and, and st the book Start With Why has come up multiple times and it's actually <laughs> one of our questions that we used um, when we were interviewing a potential administrative assistant. We just hired an administrative assistant and uh, we, we took a long time to try to find the right person and, and we asked them what their why is and have they read the book Start With Why and or if they watched the TED Talk and um, you know, so we've got, we've kind of got that down. We have our, like, you know, we have our why we have, um, we use the book traction to kind of look, you know, you know, put our, yeah. our business plan in place and, you know, our goals and our purpose and our mission. Um, but, but something like what you just talked about of, of having a plan on how we're really going to impact our team members and, and, and like Dave, for you and me, our action items are, we gotta, we gotta come up with some data and some metrics that show how we're supporting our team. Um, that's, that's pretty cool, man. That's, that's powerful stuff. Um, any other thoughts? I mean, cool. can you can, give us some more action items here, man? Come on, let's go. We need some. <laughs> I got my pen. I'm, I'm taking notes. I mean, one of the things you have to go figure out is what standard market rates are on some things so that you know, you may think you're doing a great job in compensation and then find it and find out, oh, I thought I was doing awesome. That just took me to average, you know, um, or um, just exploring. Um, it, it can really touch your value, your value statements and your mission statements as well. I was just talking to a founder who he just said, hey, the goal of this, of this company is to enrich the lives of service workers. That he's acquiring a ton of companies and his whole goal is to enrich the lives of service workers. Um, so it can really sneak its way into, or powerfully sneak its way into your mission and purpose statements um, too. And I think you all really touch the lives of your investors in a more powerful way than many, many situations, but really trying to think, with those bake into your vision and mission and it starts to cascade into your traction uh, items, right? Uh, what it, What's our why at it for each of those, for our employees, for our investors, for our families, things like that. So that you start to, it starts to translate into true action. So. Mm, that's good stuff. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Oh, thank you very much for that, Wes. That is, uh, we, we love nothing more than coming out of these with action items. So, um, Really cool. I'm glad it. it's helpful. No, it's great. It's great. And I'm sure I am absolutely sure that it will be helpful for uh, our, our listeners as well as they navigate some of these thoughts. Cause you know, and that's, that's part of the point to, to your group as well. And to how you, the advisors challenge each other to be better. Um, our masterminds, all these things that we do, these are the reasons, right? 
Stu and I potentially could have gone another couple of years thinking we're doing great. And our employees could be like, man, those guys, they're, they're not even paying us a, a, the going rate. And we wouldn't know that because in our minds, and our hearts, we're prioritizing what we think is, is, is awesome for our, for our team members. Yeah. But, but at, at the end of the day, um, you know, we, we may be missing the mark because it really should be data driven. It really should be well thought out. It really should be based in why. And, and so oh, that's awesome. That's great. Great advice. So maybe cool. maybe down the line a little Thanks. bit uh, will be uh, will be a, a fund that that folks are uh, wanting to Thanks. invest in. <laughs> so so we'll be we'll be like talking it. more. We'll be talking more on that for sure. Um, hey, you know we love also talking about and, and asking our guests. You know this this especially this conversation very uh, feel good. You know very um, focused on 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 highest and best and 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 helping others out and focusing outward. Uh, I imagine that you know, particularly right now with, uh, you know, with COVID, that's very germane that, that there are some hard times, particularly in investing. Um, but, but I'm just kind of curious on when things fell apart and, and what some of the challenges you've faced and, and what you did when you faced that adversity. Yeah, I, I was trying to think through that uh, last night as I was, um, saw the question was coming, like, which, <laughs> which failure should I bring up? The, uh, uh, one I know a lot of folks that listen here have experience with the military, and um, the one that just really popped in my mind is uh, twice in two weeks when I was a navigator on a P3, I left um, classified materials sitting out um, and got in a lot of trouble for it. I was on the hot fast track to have every great job and everything was going well, check mark, check mark, check mark, and had the, the sweet job that uh, stripped away from me and, um, and was kind of the, uh, the goat of the, um, of the squadron for, for a while, just based on misplacing, um, I mean, just boneheaded, not paying attention. That I'm I was assuming by goat, you're out. not talking about uh, greatest of all time, right? No. <laughs> no, I just felt really, uh, really down. And it, um, it really, I think the Lord was trying to get a, um, get a hold of me that uh, to let go of this idea of looking successful in front of people. He really so much wants me to pursue him instead of uh, looking at, cause I looked really, really unsuccessful, just dumb in front of everybody that I worked with. And, uh, and the Lord blessed me and allowed me to dig out of that over the next couple of years to, to go on to be very successful there. But that moment was such an awful, awful, that the moment went on for a while, you know, <laughs> you keep walking into uh, work and keep dealing with the, uh, the fallout of the investigations that happen and things like that. And, um, I think the Lord just loved me enough to uh, to try to try to shake me up, and I'm still learning it many years later. Um, trying to remember that He wants my heart, and He wants me to love the people around me way more than He wants um, the number one EP or the big investment return or whatever it is in that season of life. You know. Now that's. Uh... Yeah, that's huge. And, and being a cryptologic warfare officer myself, I, I fully understand the sensitivities and the, I mean, that, that's a significant impact. There are, you know, security violations and the, um, you know, the follow on investigations are, are just a huge part of, you know, what we do and considerations within, within my, my small realm in the military. So no, thank you for sharing that. The, the, that I imagine it was highly stressful and, and uh, not a fun time at all. So thank you for sharing that. David likes so always. Fun. David likes to always throw out that he's like you know a super secret guy, like super top secret guy. Like, hey, I'm so cool. I'm super top secret guy. I don't know if I've ever thrown that out not one time because it's it's not really that cool. So uh, so and you know Stu as an action item, I I hope that he wrote down how to treat partners and I'm assuming that when we talk about employees, partners is part of that. Is that not true, Wes? <laughs> I got, it's just all love. The more I make fun of you, it just means I love you more. Yeah, I had a boss that told me, uh, you kick the ones you love. He always told me that after he made fun of me, but he's like, Hey, Goody, you kick the ones you love. And they walk out and I'm like, thanks boss. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good stuff. Hey Wes, um, what, what would, what would you say is, you know, a, a favorite, uh, resource or, or, you know, educational item, um, you know, that, that you've, 
personally have used to kind of help you grow or, or something that you, you suggest to, for others? Um, one, one space that has been pulling together a lot of material and a good podcast is faithdriveninvestor.org. Um, Henry Kistner and the guys um, that are doing the Faith Driven Investor um, site are doing a great job. Um, and then two books that I've loved as, I've tr- as I continually iterating on this uh, idea of um, how to invest in a way that honors the Lord. Uh, one is practicing the king's economy, and the other is completing capitalism. Um, those two books have been um, been really kind of eureka moments and uh, um, just unpacking, all right, Lord, how do we do this? I, I want to honor you, um, if that makes sense. What was that second book? I'm sorry. Completing Capitalism. I'm clicking on the author. I can pull it up in, in no, Audible. We'll find it. Um, we'll definitely put these in the show notes and I will order yeah, them tomorrow yeah. for me to read. That's good stuff. Yeah, I've got a, a, a stack good. of books going. You know, we have guests and as they uh, give their book recommendations, I, I, I surely cannot keep up. So hopefully they offer <laughs> these in, uh, in uh, listen to books, uh, audio books, and, and we'll, uh, we'll, get, we'll get it going. Um, Audible at 1.5 speed. That's the way. <laughs> That's Dude, how I try I, to keep up. My kids, it's hilarious because I, I listen to everything 1.5 to 2.0 speed. And I was listening yeah. to some podcasts doing laundry the other night. And my kids walk in and they're like, what are you listening to? Because, you know, it's so fast. But, I mean, hey, it gets yeah. it done. It's awesome. It's awesome. I'm glad to hear. Yeah. I'm glad to see another one just like me. Um, hey, yeah. following question. If, if you could tell your younger self one thing, what would it be? I, I kind of was touching on it earlier, but um, I just, this idea of don't stress about being successful. The Lord keeps pushing me on setting him as the object of my desire and loving the people around me, um, which isn't surprising. He said the whole Testament distilled down into that. He's obviously, that's really, really key. Um, but I, the Lord is keeps showing me that in this world of impact investing, we can get really um, kind of off on a rabbit trail about making an impact. Um, but that that's actually just the fruit. The root is pursuing Jesus. And um, it, I mean, he said it in John 15, if you, if you hang out really closely with me, if you abide in me, um, then you'll bear much fruit. Um, and I think I've been very tempted and wish I could go back to my younger self and say, don't worry about being successful. Don't worry about the impact. Pursue Jesus and then the fruit will come. Uh, I'm still trying to convince myself that of every morning when I wake up and, and sip coffee and try to get my head in the game. Um, so um, something to that effect is what I would say. There's actually, that's, that's awesome, man. So I'm actually reading a book, another book, if you want to um, put that in your, in your repertoire is a, it's called a, a better way. Um, it's uh, by mm-hmm. Ryan Haley and he actually um, was a fellow uh, Navy guy with us. He was a helicopter pilot. Um, and um, he's uh, down in um, at Cherish Bible college, which is in Colorado, mm-hmm. you know, South of us. And he, he just wrote a book, a better way. And it's, it touches all on just what you said. Um, about, you know, not just stressing out about trying to be successful all the time and, and there's a better way. And, you know, God, you know, God has that way for you and he has a plan and you just need to let him, uh, you need to allow him for him to, to, you know, to guide you there and, and not try to do it, you know, all on your own and stress about it. So, um, it's, it's a really good book. I think we're going to try to have him on our podcast pretty soon too. Um, awesome. I want to listen to it. Yeah, man, it's, it's good. It's good. Um, well, what's, what's, um, what's another piece of advice that you would give to, to somebody else? Um, you know, besides just the one thing that you'd give to your own self, um, you know, either, either a veteran or, or someone who's wanted to kind of get into, uh, what you're doing. Um, you know, where, where would you send them? What would you tell them? Um, two things come to mind. There's, there's some big opportunities if folks are looking at actually becoming a certified financial planner and getting into that world. Uh, I would steer them hard towards there's lots and lots of baby boomers that have built practices that need succession plans. That's way, way more interesting uh, to me than going and starting up at Merrill Lynch and or um, Edward Jones. Um, and there's also, there's the whole divide in the world between um, the um, a lot of advisors mostly work on commission, which is not nearly as fun because you have the 
conflict of interest that you live with every single day than the fee-only advisors that just get paid and get to go find the best investments for their clients and don't have to kind of live with the continuous tension of, of um, being paid on commissions. Um, so I would, if somebody's looking at getting into the CFP world, I would steer them hard towards the fee-only or, or fee-based direction. And, and there's just a lot of individual firms that there's just a wave of baby boomers looking for talented guys like uh, that have been through something and probably have a ton of integrity, like basically junior officer getting out, you know, <laughs> uh, that sort of thing. Um, and then... Um, from the if they're trying to get into business and leading businesses kind of the more of the entrepreneur role um to either go to school or like get him like you all have started doing something and uh I, you're going to take off and do that um but it's much much more powerful to say hey i've like done this project on the side i'm already kind of like i'm already moving how can i get involved in something like this than to say I want to go lead a company, but I haven't gone to school for it or I haven't started it. Um, so I'd say either go to school and show that you're like in, in route or get involved in some sort of side gig where it's clear that you're in route um, because it sounds like a big lift to take somebody that hasn't been uh, doing anything um, in the business sector uh, from zero to 60, if that um, makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, so, and following question. So in, in your bio, you, you say you're a certified financial planner and a certified kingdom advisor. What, what's a certified kingdom advisor? That's a good question. Um, so certified kingdom advisor, um, the group came out and just put together a whole course and, um, and vetting criteria on basically what does the Bible have to say about money, uh, really focused on the financial planning process. Like, hey, is insurance biblical? Let's really dig into this. When is it biblical? Um, and uh, hey, what does the Bible have to say about debt? When does it make sense? Just really diving di deep into every aspect of the financial planning process and really getting some great tools from a biblical perspective. Uh, I'm a big fan of the organization. I am. Uh, I got the certification. Uh, it answered a ton of questions that had been hanging in my mind, like so many eureka moments going through their courses. Uh, Ron Blue's the founder and he's just got an amazing anointing for teaching, um, specifically teaching advisors to help their clients. So uh, when I was starting a business about how to find an advisor, I was like, well, they have checked so many boxes from vetting people and getting recommendations from your pastor and, um, and the commitments that people make to live biblically and the training they've done. Um, it's really a subset underneath the kingdom advisor culture that I'm looking for um, to send people to. So. Cool. So there's an actual, so is there multiple companies or is there kind of just one company that gives that certification? I mean, that sounds super interesting. Like I, I might go try take it myself. Um, there's what it's one organization that gives the certification. I think there's closing on a thousand certified kingdom advisors. They have a find a CKA function on their website. If you're looking for one or, um, or you can sign up and take the courses and stuff. Um, there's, um, I think if you Google kingdom advisor, it, it's the first thing that comes up, I think. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. Man. What uh what what grade level do you have to be able to read at? <laughs> Take the course. I don't know. I'll have to get back to you. Yeah, <laughs> not really. It's more for a friend. I'm asking for a friend who may be interested in uh, achieving a qualification. <laughs> oh, I see, uh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that was coming. Uh, no, I'm just curious. No, Stu, I'm looking out for you always because oh, it's part no. of my primary goals to make sure that I am a good partner. And help you to achieve your highest and best. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. Turning in appreciate news. You. Um, you, you know, and it's interesting. You are you are our second uh, certified financial planner, and you talked about you know we we had uh, Dr. Mills on previously, and and you know his he, they're always looking for talent and the process they go through, and he kind of highlighted some of that and the vetting the folks and looking for good people and. Um, you know, faith-based business as well. He was actually my pastor before he went into financial advisement. So uh, obviously I'll make a natural connection between you and uh, Dr. Mills at a, at a later date. But, but I think what's really interesting and, and not that this show is necessarily a, a financial advisor show, but, but you guys have such varied backgrounds and you're, you're so uh, versed in, in so many different things and different strategies. And, and I think there's a ton of value in that. Uh, and, and when people talk about having coaches and, and working through this process, you know, it, it's interesting because in finances, uh, a lot of times folks will 
want to own the process themselves. But, you know, if, if you're playing a sport, you have a coach and the coach teaches you that sport. If you're going to be a doctor, you go to school, you have mentors, you have teachers. Uh, and I think finance is something so important. It's equally as important to have uh, wise advisors and, and folks to help you through those investments. So uh, I think that's awesome. Yeah. And, and that's a perfect um, segue, not giving myself credit. Uh, of course, it was, it's all credit goes to you. But, but uh, how can our listeners get in touch with you? How can they move forward and, and potentially get connected with someone who's uh, got the same values they do and, and, and really is, uh, you know, can be a, a wise sounding board for them and advisor? Yeah, the going to faithbasedinvesting.co is the way to find an advisor, and um, and there's a contact us button that goes uh, that I get the emails if they got questions directly from me, um, or on the the um, early stage companies and real estate side for accredited investors, eagleventurefund.com. Um, that's the other side of my work. So. Dude, this is. This has been uh, a treat. It's it's uh, you know I got I got lots of notes here, um, lots of action items. Both mainly, ways. This is fun. Mainly for David, he's got lots of action items that, uh, <laughs> that we're going to come out of this. I'm, I'm going to task him big time. We have uh, his projects uh, management software Asana, and I task him left and right. It's awesome. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's uh, for those of you looking for a management system, Asana is awesome. But also has a silence function, which is very very effective. <laughs> uh but seriously man, it. It, we really appreciate you coming on and uh, and you know spending some time Thank with you, us uh you know some some great uh you know just super powerful nuggets of, of information that uh, we can take out of this and then and i really appreciate you man yeah Likewise. thanks Wes. Thanks i think today. i think uh our, our listeners there's a ton of value not from the from the podcast uh not from the podcast alone but also just future connections so hopefully folks will reach out to you and and really you know it doesn't hurt to at least, you know, uh, explore the different avenues that, that you have and, and potentially get, you, you will come away uh, with, with either action items or, or smarter than, than you went into that conversation. So really appreciate you offering that up, offering yourself and, and, and uh, dropping some wisdom on us. So thank you for that. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. All right. So we'll put uh, you know, how to get in touch with Wes in the show notes. We'll put uh, all of, all of his uh, references and resources and I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Please share it. Please tell people about this podcast. Um, you know, we want to add value to people's lives and, and share this with as many people as you can. So um, you guys have an amazing week and uh, go fill your storehouse. Make it a great day. Thanks for listening to Filling the Storehouse. If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe and share it with someone you love. And if you really felt inspired, leave a five-star review so we could continue to grow and help other Christian entrepreneurs fill their storehouse. If you're interested in creating financial freedom through real estate investing, be sure to check out our website at storehouse310turnkey.com. We'd love to serve you through our platform of building the kingdom. Just click on the contact link and we'll reply to you as soon as we can. Again, thanks so much for listening. Now go for your storehouse and make it a great day.